The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, guys. Hi. Welcome to Court on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly Reed. And we're still practicing social distancing. And today we're going to talk about necrophilia. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When uh, you suggested this topic, I was kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> really? Why? It's like a dark- well, it's just so, uh, I don't know. For me, it's like one of those, I guess it's because it's so taboo and it feels so dark, which yeah. like, I mean, compared to everything, I mean, we talk about dark shit all the time. I don't know why necrophilia just kind of hit me the way it does. I guess it's just kind of like crossing a sort of boundary but i'm not gonna lie you kind of sent me down this rabbit hole when i was doing my research yeah i just like kept finding these like weird stories that i wanted to know more about um and i i actually found a little fun fact that i have to share with you like right off the bat okay so california didn't outlaw necrophilia until 2004 what like Yeah, dude, like, blue jean Britney days is when California was like, oh, maybe this shouldn't be allowed to happen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. Imagine how different Britney Spears' life would be, though, if she did marry Justin Timberlake and didn't (laughs) I'm, I'm, You know what's really fun? You know, I'm glad that's what you took away from all this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I did read a story about a girl, I think, I don't know if it was the early 2000s or 90s, where she was arrested for stealing a hearse because... Oh, my God! Is that the yes. story? Are you talking Karen Greenlee? Yeah, she's the reason why they had to outlaw necrophilia. Yeah, that's that's literally what how I found this out. Like, yeah. how I found this fact I remember, out. Because... I did remember reading that it wasn't illegal, so she was only put in prison for stealing a car. Did, did you read the rest of that story? No, I read, like, oh my God. some of it. Okay, so here's the thing. I'll keep it real short because I was literally about to talk about this because this is how I found out about California in 2004. Okay. But, um, so Karen Greenlee, she was a mortician, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, so one day she goes missing and she's missing for a couple weeks. Her family starts to panic and freak out and they're just like, oh my gosh, maybe she's been murdered. Maybe she's killed herself. Like, nobody really knows. Um, she's found with a dead body and a suicide note um the suicide note she confesses that she had uh had sex with between 20 and 40 corpses whoa uh, like what? First dead of all, men i have a question yeah how though because with <laughs> No, really, though, like... Rigor mortis? I don't, well, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Rigor mortis doesn't make the penis hard. Like, it doesn't, well, but... Like, it so, she's it. a mortician. I'm guessing she had the tools To, and, like, pull it out? <laughs> I guess. I don't know how that shit works. I was like, because the blood flows into it, and it gets bigger, and, like, how does that work if... She, like, made maybe herself she, a makeshift Maybe dildo? I don't know how that fucking works. Maybe she found corpses that were showers instead of growers. Yeah, <laughs> she, maybe that's it. She, like, sought out <laughs> Yeah, so dude, gross. Between, ew, ew, ew. I know. Between 20 and 40 of them. <laughs> and she, so she left this, yeah, she left this suicide note, and she tried to overdose on Tylenol and codeine, but it didn't work. Tyl- so, oh, my God. What a fucking baby. Yeah, I'm going to overdose yeah. on Tylenol. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, uh, girl, that's not how that shit works. 
But, oh my uh, God. Yeah, but <laughs> so of course she's found still alive with this dead body that she had run away with. It was her dead lover. That's why she was missing. She went on like a fucking lover's vacation with this corpse. Wait, do you and- think she, okay, here's the thing though. I know that she wasn't, she didn't murder him. She just stole the corpses. But, right. So he was a lover prior to death. No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was just yeah, in her head, just, a dead lover. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's how it's described as a dead lover. And ew, it was just, ew. she just took him and they went on some holiday and then she freaked out and tried to kill herself and left this note. But really, she's left there alive with a dead corpse and her suicide note that admits to all this fucked up shit. And it's really uncomfortable for everybody involved. And at the time, it wasn't illegal. <laughs> So even though she admitted to all this stuff, she spent 11 days in jail just because she took a hearse and, uh... Wait, that's how much you get for stealing a car? Yeah, dude, 11 days. That's it. And then when she got out, she just changed her identity and moved somewhere else, which, like, I mean, there's really nothing else you could do at that point. Maybe she found somewhere else that has a loophole for necrophilia, like, Jesus. Yeah. Apparently they put her, they put her in eleven days of jail, and then gave her like extensive therapy during her time. And then literally yeah. the article just said, which did nothing. It helped nothing. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, with that sort of thing, um, when it comes to disgusting and perverse fetishes, the thing about it is that I, I this is my personal belief. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever, but I believe that that fetish that person always has, it's just a matter of controlling yourself. Yeah. So, like, pedophiles and stuff and whatnot, like, you know, yeah. like, you can't beat it out of them, but they need to have the morale to not do it. Yeah, you just, just stop. Find something else. There's so much shit on the there's internet. So like, much shit on the internet. There's so much shit on the internet. Just find a different fetish. Mm-hmm. There's so much hentai out there. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Pornhub has. I don't even know how many videos. There is something in is there. Is it for Pornhub you. free right now because of the? I think so. Or I, I saw it is a in thing Italy. About it. So it is in Italy. Apparently, premium is free. But apparently, we just surpassed China yep. and Italy with Zach cases. just told me that right before I called you. He yeah. was like, by the way, hey, hey, And, like, surpassing Italy makes sense to me because our country is fucking enormous. Like, our country yeah. is th- roughly the size of, like, multiple other countries usually. Like, if you were to combine other countries together. Right, yeah. Um, surpassing China is what... But then when we talked about how everyone was so seriously quarantined, it makes sense now. Everybody's seriously quarantined, and also we don't know if they're fudging the numbers. So take that with a grain of salt, I yeah. think. Yeah. But I'm, it's still alarming. Also, people are just being dumb. Did I tell you my mom is being an idiot? Yeah, you ta- Yeah, we talked about it last week, about how she's like, she's- well, I'm going to get it anyway, so might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, it's... Driving me nuts. I don't know what to do about it. She literally texted me today and was like, "I wore my saddest fuck shirt on my bike ride today." I was like, right. "She bought the saddest fuck shirt." <laughs> yeah, of course Amazing. she did. Amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy that she liked my shirt enough that she bought one. <laughs> yeah, she actually bought one. <laughs> That's so. Uh, oh my god. She's an icon, really. <laughs> um. So yeah. necrophilia. I picked the topic because. 
it turns out okay so two different reasons let me let me figure out a way to phrase this so you know like how every person who's really into true crime and murders and stuff has like that one first case that like got them interested into it yeah okay so for me that was um ed gein who is like known for necrophilia basically okay i don't think i know ed gein yeah, he is the very first serial killer I ever was, like, interested in, and it was because of the necrophilia tendencies. I actually have a little list I got here that explains, like, the different roles of necrophilia. Um, so there's, like, ten different tiers, and the first one is uh, role players, so people who just get aroused pretending their partner is dead or passed out during sexual activity. So that actually had me curious and make me look up to see if you could classify people who have sex with sex dolls as necrophilia and people did find like a weird tie between it because you're having sex with something that doesn't move and is like solid and like not alive yeah I guess that makes sense and so like some people like say like you know like rapists and stuff um might turn to necrophilia if they you know knock out their victim before raping them so that they can't fight back. It's like this idea of having complete and total control over the person. Yeah, the it definitely sounds like a control complex. Yeah. So number two is romantic necrophiliacs, which is bereaved people who remain attached to their dead lover's body. So like your husband dies and you just can't get over it and you can't like give up the idea of like letting go of their body. So you hold on to it and you cuddle it. You don't necessarily like have sex with it, but it's like you're romantically attached to this corpse. Right. Um, And then number three is necrophiliac fantasizers, people who fantasize about necrophilia but never actually have sex with a corpse. Four is tactile necrophiliacs, people who are aroused by touching or stroking a corpse without engaging in intercourse. So they could masturbate around a corpse. They could just get turned on just by being near one. Mm-hmm. Fetishistic necrophiliacs, people who remove objects or body parts from a corpse for sexual purposes. So, like, stealing panties off a corpse counts. Or if you were, like, I don't know, into a corpse's foot or something. Like, you just saw, like, you took the foot and, like, not the rest of the body. Okay, so speaking of... Since you brought that up, I just have to mention this because I came across this. Uh, I came across this guy named Jerry Brudos. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he's in, like, the top three, like, most famous serial killer necrophiliacs. I actually almost talked about him before switching it over because I was like, I feel like I have to talk about <laughs> Ed Gein. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel you. But he was uh, called the Lust Killer. He killed four women in 1968 and 1969. He had sex with the the corpses of his victim. And then he kept two pairs of amputated breasts as paperweights. Yeah, and he would steal their shoes because he had a fetish for women's shoes. Yeah, he he would take a left foot and he would use it to model the shoes that he collected from his victims. Wait, he would take the feet from the victims? Yeah, he took a left foot from the victims <laughs> and would Ew. use it for the shoes that, that he stole. That's so gross. I know! <laughs> what do you do, like, put that in formaldehyde? You know what I just remembered? Do you remember in um, <laughs> the Santa Clarita diet where he's like, I think it's in Oregon. I put it in olive oil because I didn't have formaldehyde. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God, we've been so desensitized. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> okay, uh, so number six is uh, necromutilomaniacs, or people who derive pleasure from mutilating a corpse while masturbating without engaging in intercourse. Um, upper Number seven is opportunistic necrophiliacs, people who normally have no interest in necrophilia, but take the opportunity when it arises, which I don't understand. So I guess what that means is like... like, "Eh, It's there, might as well. Yeah, which that doesn't make any sense to me, but I guess it's people who don't actively seek it out regularly. I don't... So I guess for that girl, you know, she worked at a morgue. Maybe she was opportunistic. (laughs) Well, so no, she said her fetish started young. Oh, well, then never mind. She wasn't. Yeah, that it started young, and that she realized that an embalmed body turned her on. So yeah, the opportunistic (laughs) one like just threw me off. I was like, what? So eight is just regular necrophiliacs, people who prefer to have sex with the dead. That's how we all know it as. Nine is homicidal necrophiliacs, or necrosadists, people who murder someone in order to have sex with the victim, or murder murder and then do it. And then the last one, number ten, is exclusive necrophiliacs, people who have an exclusive interest in sex with the dead and cannot perform for a living partner at all. Ugh. So, a regular necrophiliac is someone who could get turned on by people who are still alive, but exclusive are people who can only get off with dead people. Yeah. Um, so there's actually yeah. a second category <laughs> to necrophiliacs, um, which are uh, basically, it's based on the combination of two behavioral, just two behaviors while having sex with the corpse. Um, there's the preservative or destructive. So the destructive. Oh, boy. I feel like I should buckle in for this. The destructive offender mutilates the corpse for sexual reasons. <laughs> the preservative offender does not. So they're not going to cut them up and mess with it or whatever. They're not going to mutilate or change anything about the corpse. They're not going to destroy the body. And then there's cold and warm. Cold is the offender tends to have sex two hours after death, which means the body is cold. And then right. the warm offenders are the ones who prefer to have sex with the corpse, like, two hours within death so that the body's so warm. So probably, like, the homicidal ones who are just like, I'm going to kill it and then fuck it while it's still warm. So, yeah, God, yeah. I hated making so, that sense. That was a horrible yeah, sentence. Yeah, <laughs> it is a horrible sentence. But so there's basically categories A through H of a type of combination. So category A is cold and destructive, which is like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Right. Um, and then there's cold and preservative, warm, destructive, warm, preservative. Uh, people who just dabble, like Richard Ramirez, who um, didn't always uh, sexually defile his corpses. He um, mostly just ate them because mm-hmm. uh, he was a cannibal. I don't know what catathemic means, but it says impulsively and explosively lashing out. That's a hmm. thing, I guess. Um, then there's exclusive necromutophiles, and then there's the sexual cannibals and vampires, like Albert Fish. Um, they're called vampires. A lot of necrophilia killers are like have nicknames of like the vampire of so-and-so. Right, right. So I almost talked about the foot guy. Glad I didn't. 
honestly shocked you don't know who Ed Gein is because, like, oh, my God. But so here's I feel like you've mentioned him before. Probably because I literally – so I found out about him when I was in high school. I decided to, like, skip school and go to Barnes & Nobles and read books because that was a thing I used to do by myself because I was weird. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this one book I liked that I was reading one day, and it was just, like, Strange and Unusual Facts. Like, each page or had, like, different random stuff on it. Some were lists. Some were just odd things about stuff in the world. Kind of what this podcast is. Like, those are the kind of topics. So, like, not necessarily, like, crime. Just just weird stuff. Just a collection of odd it's, things. It's a collection of odd things, not necessarily murder or crime. Um, and so there's this one list on there that was, like, here's a list of ten items found in Edward Gein's house. And it was, like fucked up shit enough for me to go to a different section of Barnes and Nobles to then find a book on serial killers to then read about him because I was like what the fuck and then I went on a rabbit hole and I was like 16 or 17 (laughs) (laughs) it starts early (laughs) yeah because I was like what the fuck I just it was things that didn't occur to me that people did and it, like, creeped me out and fascinated me enough to, like, want to know more about it because it was just, like, so creepy and weird. And I was like, why? What? I'm going to just go into it. Uh, Edward Theodore Gein or Gein. I always said Gein. Some people say Gein. I don't actually know the pronunciation. I feel like people always change it, but whatever. Um, He's the killer. It don't matter. Yeah, it don't matter. He was born um, in 1906. In Wisconsin, um, he was the son of a timid alcoholic father and a fanatically religious mother, and he grew up alongside his brother Henry in a household ruled by his mother's puritanical preachings about the sins of lust and carnal desire, so she was a fire, brimstone, holier-than-thou kind of Christian mother, which can just be, I, I always think of Carrie, the movie Carrie, when I think of moms like that. Oh, yeah. About how they'd, like, lock their mom in a freaking, like, mock their mom, lock their child in a freaking closet with, like, candles and weird crap. Yeah. Um, So around 1915, Augusta, who's the mom, moved the family to a farm outside Plainfield, Wisconsin. Um, Ed rarely left the farm except for attending school. After his dad died in 1940, um, Ed and Henry began working more odd jobs to support the family because the dad was the main source of income and the brothers, even though they're fully grown, just like never left. And in 1944, four years after his dad's death, the brothers were burning brush on the property when the fire raged out of control and Henry was found dead. And although it was initially believed to be the result of the fire, the circumstances mm-hmm. surrounding his death as well as when you learn later about Ed, people theorize that he killed his brother. Because he was also, like, a huge mama's boy, Ed was. Like, he was unnaturally attached to his mother. Like, like wait, creepy. is this the guy that um, Psycho's based on? Yes. <gasps> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, actually, there's multiple movies um, that he's based on, and we'll get to that. After his brother and his dad died... His mother passed away um, about a year after his brother's death in 1945. And no one knows for sure if this is when it began, but it was after his mom died that he started grave robbing and robbed at least nine graves and transported the the corpses back to the house so he could express his anatomical curiosity on the bodies. So basically what happened is his mom died, 
and he never left the house. He just wouldn't leave the house. He was like really, yeah, he was like really attached to his mom, (laughs) attached to her body. I don't think he ever actually mutilated her corpse, and she was buried, but he dug up graves of recently buried middle-aged women who resembled his mom. So he was obsessed. So he did research on them beforehand is what that tells me. Well, what tells me is that they were, they died recently. Like he would like check for, I guess he would check obituaries and stuff and see who died recently because there's a photo of them and like pick women who were the same age bracket and resembled his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And he would uh, take them home and tan their skins to make items around the house with. Oh. And it's also said that he would have sex with the bodies as well. (sighs) He got real interested in the female body, and um, he uh, made masks and suits out of their skin. And he would wear them around the house. He had masks and suits made of the women's skin, and he would wear them around the house. And um, he was trans. And um, wanted to be a woman. The Silence of the Lambs is based off of him. Uh, not, okay. Not Hannibal, but Buffalo Bill is. Right, right. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> one of the items, I'll get into the list of items in his house, but one of the items, for example, is he had a belt made of female nipples. Okay. And I have photos of all of these items. Yikes. Oh my god, no, some of the photos I thought were fake because it looked like it was straight off of a horror movie set. No, it's real, and it, like, freaked me out. It made me, like, really uncomfortable. The lampshade, he made a lampshade out of, like, faces, and it's disgusting. Ugh, god. It's horrific. Oh yeah, so the house that he inherited from his family, it's a big, nice farmhouse, but he just let it go to complete shit. But the mother's room, he was devoted to, like, keeping it clean. But he let the whole rest of the house go to complete shit, and I also have photos of the house. He uh, managed to support himself as a handyman, and um, unfortunately enough, a babysitter. But he never did anything with kids, just dead women just dead middle-aged women (laughs) meanwhile um a few residents from the general area had mysteriously disappeared over the years so so he had was done robbing graves and wanted to move on to fresher bodies and among them was a woman named mary hogan who ran a tavern in nearby pine grove that uh, he regularly went to but what got him caught was the murder of bernice warden on uh, November 16th, 1957, meaning he had been doing this for about two years, uh, not two years, 10 to 12 years now. He had been doing all this creepy shit. Uh, Bernice Warden was reported missing from her hardware store in Plainfield with the cash register gone and a trail of blood literally leading out the back. Her son Frank, who was a deputy sheriff, was immediately suspicious of Ed and Ed was soon apprehended at a neighbor's house. So the reason why he was immediately suspicious of Ed is because the warden's son, oh, the warden, his name is Warden, Warden's son, had told investigators that Ed had been in the store the evening before the disappearance, saying he would return the following morning for a gallon of antifreeze. Mm. (laughs) He literally bought the antifreeze from the woman. He was going to put the woman Jesus. So, a sales slip for a gallon of antifreeze was the last receipt written by Warden on the morning she disappeared, which took me back to realize, holy shit, receipts used to have to be handwritten. Man, that just sounds like a lot of work. 
we really take technology for uh, uh, we take it granted. Granted, granted. I, I kept wanting to say vantage or advantage. Advantage. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, the authorities went to his home that night, and immediately the first thing they saw was Warden's headless, gutted body hanging from the ceiling. Uh. And they went. He wasn't home, and they went and apprehended him at a neighbor's house. And further investigation found more and more discoveries throughout the house, um, including, you know, just, you know, your normal creepy shit, like organs and jars, and and also skulls that were repurposed that he used as soup bowls. Yikes. Um, yep. Not the fake kind that are cute, because those are different. That's Those fine. are different. Not like the skull I have that's a candy dish. That's a fake skull. So mm-hmm. under questioning, um, he confessed to he confessed to killing Warden, and that he had killed Hogan three years prior to killing Warden. Additionally, he admitted to digging up nine corpses for cutting off body parts, practicing necrophilia, and fashioning masks and suits out of skin to wear around the homes. Hmm. Um, at first, authorities didn't actually believe that one man was capable of digging up a grave, stealing a body, and filling the grave back in all in one night. But he actually walked them to two of the graves, and when they inspected it, the bodies were missing, which, you know, confirms his confession. Right. But it was just so crazy that they were like, there's no way you did that by yourself <laughs> in one night. Yeah. Because he would dig it up, take the body. He and had then... practice. They underestimated him. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, he would put it all back. Like, Ugh. he'd put all the dirt back. Not the body, but, like, you take the body, right, and right. he would refill it to make it look like the grave had never been touched, which... I actually think it's really impressive. I mean, in a sense. In a gross (laughs) way, but yeah. So without sort of evidence, authorities attempted to connect him to other murders and disappearances from recent years, but were never able to actually pin him for any of them. And I think that's because at the time, finding evidence for murder and disappearances like that is um, different. They don't have all the um, abilities we have today with DNA and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I'm totally convinced that he didn't just kill the the two women. Like, there's too there's too much body paraphernalia to be just you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, when questioned, uh, he told investigators that between 1947 and 1952, he had made as many as 40 night visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies while he was in a quote unquote days-like state and on about 30 of those visits he said that he had come out of the days while in the cemetery and left the grave in good order and returned home empty-handed also because of all of his like body suits and his like women's suits and faces that he'd wear um they you know donned his tanning skins of women as like an insane transvestite ritual which, you know, back then, like, trans people are already harshly frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. So, with all of that being said, um, his lawyer, William Belter, entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. And in 1958, he, uh, Ed was found unfit to stand trial, and he was committed to Central State Hospital. Okay. Uh, also, like, gross... Side note of him, uh, there was a 16-year-old whose parents were friends of Ed's and uh, who attended ball games and movies with him and reported that 
and the 16-year-old reported that he was aware that uh, Ed had shrunken heads in his house. And he, Ed told him that they were relics from the Philippines sent by a cousin who had served in World War II. And upon investigation by the police, these were determined to be human facial skins carefully peeled from cadavers and used as masks. Ugh. Yeah. So in early 1968, Ed uh, Ed was determined fit to finally stand trial. That November, he was found guilty of the murder of Warden. However, he was also found insane at the time of the murder, and as such, he was recommitted to Central State Hospital. Save for his attempt to petition for release in 1974, which was rejected. Thank goodness. The mild-mannered Ed Gein made virtually no news while institutionalized. Later that decade, he, uh, his health was failing. He was transferred to the Mendota Mental Health Institute, where he died of cancer and respiratory issues in 1984. Wow. So the movies based off of him are Psycho. Um, right. Uh, the Silence of the Lambs and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All have characters inspired by. Uh, this now guy. that you mention it, Tex- Texas Chainsaw Massacre actually makes a lot of sense. Here's some items found in his house. And yes, I have photos of a lot of this, or not a lot, but some of it. Okay, so the police found four noses, uh, whole human bones and fragments, nine masks of human skin, bulls made from human skulls, ten female heads with the tops sawed off. Uh, human skin covering several chair seats, and those are disturbing. Like, so Yikes. he had, so when it says human skin covering chair seats, what I mean is, like, they go from a wooden chair to, like, you know the part that would have a cushion on a wooden chair? It would be, like, skin nailed onto that part, like it's a cushion. Ugh. And it also goes so far to he would take um, full chairs like uh lounge chairs what are they called like re- not recliners because well i guess recliners yeah like big comfy recliner chairs and he would just cover the whole thing and like patches of human skin sewed together and like faces and stuff it's disgusting yikes um yeah uh mary hogan's head in a paper bag bernice's bernice warden's head in a burlap sack nine vulvas in a shoebox. <gasps> Skulls on his bedpost, organs in the refrigerator, um, a pair of lips on a drawstring for a window shade, a belt, Ugh. a belt made from human female nipples, which uh, that I definitely have a photo for, a lampshade made from skin of a human face that I also have a photo for, a tongue. See, okay, so he is like, oh, I was in a daze. I was in a daze, but like. But then he did you all this shit so at home. Much shit around your house. You're not in a daze while you're walking around. You're not just like, oh, yeah, that's a normal lampshade. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can just pick these up at the local Walmart. Like, no. Yeah, so part of why I thought the pictures of the furniture weren't real and I had to double check it when I looked it up, Kelly, is because they straight up look like the Necronomicon. Uh, like, that makes sense. they don't, like, because I'm so desensitized from horror movies and so many horror movies have, like, made items and stuff that look like this crap it didn't look real to me but it's completely real and it's disturbing as fuck like i thought it was shock art when i first saw photos of it like i didn't realize it was like real remains right there's a tongue necklace 
which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a string with a bunch of tongues hanging off of it. Uh, he had gloves made from skin and skull candles. Skull candles? Yeah, so instead of using the skull as, like, a bowl, he would fill it with wax and a wick as a candle. Jeez. Yep, that is uh, the story of Ed Gein, 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 whatever you want to pronounce it. And um, that list I read was the list in the book. I read. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, man. Yeah. Now, um, now that you have reminded me, I definitely remember us talking about Spyco and Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, so now you know. Like, his whole thing is, like, cutting up dead bodies and using them. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. So... Mine is, uh, I, it's considered a famous one, but I have never heard of this before. I read into the details, like, pretty early on. This is one of the first stories that I found, and I was like, there's no way that I can't do this. It's from a while back. Have you heard of Carl Tanzler? I actually haven't. Okay, yeah, so that's the normal reaction so far <laughs> okay yeah because like he his name popped up when i was googling stuff on necrophilia but i didn't look into him okay well hang on let me pause for a second i'm gonna pour some more wine <laughs> i'm on my second white claw i'm ready this is uh, a crazy story i need alcohol for it Oh, shit. We have a whole other thing. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, a whole other thing of wine? Whoops. Uh, well, we have a, we drank a bottle of champagne today. Oh, okay. Fancy. Yeah. And then I drank a decent bit of Chardonnay. Jesus Christ, Kelly. Well, it's split between the two of us. Yeah. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> well, like, we stocked up on wine. We did a big Kroger haul because, you know, the apocalypse. Right. But, um, <laughs> so we got a shit ton of wine. Carl Tanzler. Um, he was born in, in uh, 1877, so this is a while back. And he started off studying weather patterns in Austria in uh, 1910, where he stayed until the end of World War One. And this guy, <laughs> I hate to, like, stereotype but he looks like I'm gonna send you the pictures. But he looks like a what you would picture as a um, Nazi scientist, like some uh-huh. crazy, kind of like, like the Angel of Death, like American Horror Story, a hundred percent. Well, that's the Angel of Death. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's the doctor in American Horror Story. Right. That's exactly what he looks like. But upon returning home from World War One, he married and had two children in 1920. And the family immigrated to Zephyr Hills, Florida, because of course they did. They had to go to Florida. Why wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> Tanzler quickly abandoned his uh, his family after accepting a position as a radiologic technician in Key West, where he worked at the U.S. Marine Hospital. Um, he even changed his name to Count Carl Van Kossel. Count which, like, Carl Van Kossel. How fucking... 
creepy, creepy, and also obvious can you be, right? Like, you know he was up to some shady shit. Yeah, he's like, my name, I'm a count, thank you. Count Carl von Kussel. And everybody's like, we know that's a fake name. How does someone <laughs> become a count? Like, that's right? not a, like, a self-appointed say, thing. oh, I'm Count Carl. I'm a count now. Like, uh, sure. <laughs> that's not how that works. Um, anyway, he's working at this hospital when a Cuban-American woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas walks into the hospital. Chancellor sees this girl come in. She, he sees Maria, and she's like a dream come true. Um, she was the daughter of a cigar maker and a homemaker. Mm-hmm. She was raised in a large family, and she was brought to the hospital by her mother after she became pretty ill. Um, Tansler, as a young boy, often had vision. Um, he likes to say it was like his ancestors talking to him in a dream where he saw a stunning dark haired woman who is predestined to be his one true love. And this was like a reoccurring dream that he had. So this woman, Maria walks in and he's like, that's her. That's the woman from my dreams. Like that's the person I'm destined to be with. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Oh no. (laughs) Imagine having some Uh, dude who's like, I'm count Carl or whatever being like, and you're destined to be with me. Imagine being super fucking sick. And your doctor's like, you're, I'm in love with you. We're meant to be together. And you're like, fucking cure me, dude. Like, this is not the time or place. Ugh. Anyway, um, so unfortunately for both of them, Tansler's prognosis uh, for Maria was not great. He diagnosed her with tuberculosis, which mm. was considered to be fatal in the early 1900s. Um, Despite the lack of qualifications needed to treat a tuberculosis patient, Tansler was determined to save her life and used a variety of specially made tonics, elixirs, and medicines in order to do so. So this is not his area of expertise. He is in no way qualified to be doing this shit, but he's doing anything and everything he can to save his quote-unquote dream girl which probably should have been left to other people oh no Mm -hmm. um and he administered these treatments in her home too so when they couldn't afford to stay at the hospital he would come to their home and give her these elixirs and then on top of that he's showering her with gifts and declaring his love and all of this shit, which nobody has time for, but they're just like, well, you're giving us a bunch of free treatment, so I guess we're just gonna put up with this. I'm sorry, there's no way she didn't know that he was, like, in love with her, right? Oh, no, that's what I mean, is he would come over and declare it. He'd be like, I'm in love with you, take these elixirs, but also take these gifts, take this, I love you, you're I, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me, and she's just like, cool, dude, just give me the medicine. <laughs> Thanks, <Anna. laughs> Yeah, and her family is just kind of, like, putting up with it. Just like, all right, well, he's being nice, I guess. So we're just going to ignore how creepy this is. Yeah. Um, but despite his best efforts, Maria passed away to her illness in 1931, uh, leaving her family and her newly obsessed caretaker very heartbroken. Uh, Tansler insisted on purchasing a 
stone mausoleum in Key West Cemetery for her remains to lay. And with her, per- <laughs> yeah, he bought her a fucking mausoleum. What a crazy. Some it's people. an obsession. Um. So anyway, he buys his mausoleum. And with her parents' permission, he hires a mortician to prepare her body before locking her inside. So he pays for the mausoleum. He pays for the mortician. But what the family doesn't know is that the only key to the tomb belongs to Tanzler. Oh, no. Yeah, it's in his possession. Um, so Tanzler would visit her grave every night for almost two years. Look. Yeah, um, and that stopped abruptly after he lost his job, or after he lost his job. Nobody knows why. Um, he just lost it under weird circumstances, and that's all we really know. Huh. Yeah, and in April of 1933, Tanzler removed Maria's body from the mausoleum, no longer requiring... Uh, no longer requiring to make his nightly trips to the graveyard because now he was just going to keep the fucking body in his house. Ugh. Yeah. So now two years deceased, Carl Tanzler has the corpse. He maintains it as needed inside of an old airplane. He had repurposed into a makeshift medical laboratory. Wait, 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 an old airplane. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of like, I mean, he's psycho, but it's kind of cool to be like, yeah, this is my repurposed airplane. It's also my laboratory. Yeah, (laughs) like, this is full-on mad scientist shit. Like, this guy had a plane from World War I that I guess he just had in his fucking backyard or something, and he's using it as a laboratory to house this body. So he looked to a number of DIY tricks to keep the young woman's decaying body intact. Um, And this is where it gets a little gross. Um, So he used plaster of Paris. What? Yeah, and glass eyes to maintain the integrity of her face. He paper macheed her? Yeah, he paper macheed (laughs) her and put glass eyes in there. Um, He also used coat hangers and wiring to stabilize her skeletal frame. So to, like, keep her body shape, he put wires and coat hangers inside of her body so that she wouldn't decay. Um, He also stuffed her... Yeah, he also stuffed her torso with rags in an attempt to preserve its original form so that she wasn't, like, deflating. And he covered her scalps with bits of real hair, which apparently her family gave to him. I don't... I don't understand why maybe that would he, ever be a thing. Maybe they were dumb and he, like, convinced them it was useful in medical science. And they were like, I, yeah, well, I and I guess he kind of just, for it. well, that and I think he kind of just took advantage of the situation where he's just like, well, I'm taking care of your daughter well, and I'm doing it for free and I'm coming and making house visits. Like, I'm sure this family would probably just, like can have anything you want like you obviously love her i don't i don't know that's the only rationale i can come up with what's crazy to me is that he didn't like research actual mummification or preservation or taxidermy at all he just like i'm just gonna use coat hangers and stuff some rags in like what yeah, well he's doing makeshift things which i, I guess kind of keeps him low-key like that's just not 
obvious shit, but I mean, it's I just mean, goddamn weird because like mummification and taxidermy has been around for like ever, and the mm-hmm. fact that he didn't actually use those methods of practices on his beloved body is like really weird to me especially and since he's, he's a, a doctor, doctor like a laboratory yeah, he would know yeah i just find it a little no. odd that he's like no we're gonna like paper mache her and like make her like a fucked up science high school project <laughs> yeah we're gonna paper mache we're gonna put glass eyes in that bitch we're gonna cover her in coat wires stuff her with rags is there a photo and then- of her yeah, I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> I've got yeah. to see this. Um, and he covered her scalp with bits of hair. He also just added copious amounts of perfumes, flowers, and disinfectants um, to keep the rotting odor at bay. So he stuffed her and then did everything he could to make her smell pretty. <laughs> um, and this is two years after she died. Like, this, this, she's a corpse, corpse. She's, like, Um, like, her, like, a lot of stuff should have already happened to her body at this point in the decaying process, like. And we don't know what he was doing when he had the key to the mausoleum, you know? I'm sure he was a little more limited than home but like i assume well, that he was probably doing something to keep her from decaying he had to have been doing something earlier on to like stop her decay process since he was so or at obsessed least slow it down yeah, yeah like i uh, i yeah um, so on top of all of this he also applied uh mortician's wax to her face like routinely regularly to he keep moisturized her, uh, yeah to keep her alive quote unquote he had the corpse wrapped in a dress gloves and jewelry and placed the body in his own bed which he shared with the corpse for the next seven years set what yeah dude he preserved this body and kept it in his bed and slept with it for seven years. How does that shit not fall apart? Yeah. So, well, okay, let me tell you how it all falls apart. Um, okay, okay, all right. Because the fair. entire town is now talking about this reclusive man who's always being seen buying women's clothing and perfume with no wife and no girlfriend that they've seen, just him by himself. And then on top of it, there's a local boy who witnesses the doctor the doctor dancing around in his house with what he thinks is a giant doll. Um, I mean, actually... a, a rash person would think it's a doll. Yeah. Um, but the Maria's family, they hear about all this and they finally start to suspect, to suspect um, maybe something's going on because all of this seems very weird yeah if i was that girl's mom and i heard that i would just immediately go oh no yeah oh, just no. like <laughs> so, like something would just kind of click there where you're just um you know something's wrong uh so after they hear all this maria's sister shows up at tansler's home in 1940 and when she does i mean the jig is up like I mean, she she I mean, finds what she believed at the time 
to be a life-sized effigy of her departed sister. Oh, no. Yeah. She thought it was an effigy. As soon as she called the authorities, they determined and told her, this doll is not actually a doll. It's not an effigy. It's her body. Uh, and they arrested Tanzler for grave robbing. Okay, so here we fucking go. Are you ready Is this for this in shit? Florida? Yes. Okay. Was, that not, was necrophilia not illegal in Key West, Florida yet? Um. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get there. Okay. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, let me re- let me tell you a horrible thing. <laughs> okay, I'm so um, ready. So they did an autopsy of the body. After they recovered it and oh, no. revealed all the intricacies of what Tanzler had done and all the rags and the perfumes and the flowers and the wax and everything else. And along with all of that, they find a paper tube inserted between her legs to form a makeshift vagina. That's how he was having sex with this corpse for seven years. I am unsure on how the vagina decays when it's dead. But I imagine it's not pleasant. Well, yeah, probably not. A paper tube, like a like a paper straw, but like it's big enough for a penis. I guess so. Yeah, it, they they describe it as a makeshift vagina. Like he, Ugh. along with all the rags and everything else inside of her, there's this tube that's there for his use. Um, so they do a psychiatric evaluation and determine that Tanzler was competent to stand trial, although some reports state that his ultimate plans involved flying Hoyos, that's her last name, high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore life to her somnolent form. Uh... That's what he told people! He was like, oh no, I have to keep the body. I have to do all these things because eventually I'm going to take it out of space and then radiation is going to bring her back to life. So what? I guess this is the part in the podcast where we mention aliens again. <laughs> but uh, that, Amazing. Was, Amazing. that was legitimately what he thinks. He's like, aliens are going to save us one day. Right. Um, and despite everything... Um, the statute of limitations had expired for the crime that he was accused of committing. Oh, fuck. So he was free. Oh, fuck. He's just free to go. Maria's body was placed on display afterwards at a local funeral home where nearly 7,000 people came to see this corrupted corpse for themselves. Because, I mean, could you believe it? Oh, yeah. 2,000 people showed up. Um, for the auction of Ed Gein's things in his house, not the not the bodies, but all the other right, stuff, right, like the, the nipple belt. <laughs> yeah, not they weren't auctioning off nipple belts. <laughs> that was not, but all the other crap in his house, and his house was disgusting. And two thousand people showed up to buy his shit. I mean, there's some weirdos out there, man. It's just there's a photo of the crowd too. It's I don't think weird. I would ever want that shit in my house. That's just bad juju. I wouldn't want to own... Yeah, I no, I don't. Yeah. No. So, 7,000 people come to see this corpse for themselves because they can't believe it. And yeah. her body's laid to rest once and for all. Except it's in an unmarked grave in the Key West Cemetery. They don't want, they don't, they want people to dig it up. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's gotta uh, be it. They don't want because it's such a crazy story attached to it. They're like, if we bury this anywhere, like it's high risk for grave robbery. Also, he's free. They don't want him to know where the body is. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing is so one of the out of this entire crazy story, one of the craziest things to me is he actually received quite a bit of compassion. What? His trial. Yeah, like during his trial, some viewed him as a hopeless romantic. Ew, that's disgusting. People just a bit eccentric. Yeah, they called him an eccentric, hopeless romantic. Um, and he went on to live the rest of his days alone and died in his home in 1952, where he was discovered three weeks later. Wow. That, that reminds me. Story oh, my God. Of That's... Carl Tanzler. I'm going to send you these pictures real quick. Uh-huh. So you can see it in uh, Discord. If I can. That story reminds me of this Russian dude who would collect bodies and make them look like dolls in his house. He would put, like, stuffed animal heads and stuff over their heads, and, like, they just they just look like enormous dolls, but they were all bodies, and he had, like, 13 corpses or something in his house. No, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> 29 girls. He uh, was 13 when he became obsessed with uh, gross body necrophilia stuff. But, yeah, that's what that reminded me of. And that was another reason why I looked up Link Between Necrophilia and Sex Dolls, because I was just really curious about it. And I actually found a couple articles about how some psychologists do believe that, like, there is a connection, because um, the research is really only based off of one person, which is Jeffrey Dahmer, so you can't really say there is a true connection. It's just a theory. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but the theory was, like, Je- Jeffrey Dahmer did confess, because he's also a necrophilia, a necrophiliac. Um, right, He confessed yeah. to using sex dolls before he became a serial killer. Really? Ted Bundy did? No, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, sorry. Not Ted okay. Bundy. I don't know uh, why I heard Ted Bundy. I but... don't know. Oh, my God. I just saw the pictures <laughs> he sent me. She was yeah, really cute when she yeah. was alive, but like that, I would yeah. not have thought that was a person either. Yeah, no, he. <laughs> it looks like he sharpied on eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a two thousands move. Yeah, he like sharpied on eyebrows and like sharpie eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, and just a little bit of hair of her own hair. Oh, God, her lips look just... disgustingly real. He does look like a weird. German scientist. Yeah, it's literally exactly what you would th- think a Nazi scientist looked like. Oh my god, looking at it, I like actually want to gag, and I don't, which is disturbing for me because I didn't gag at the photos of Ed Gein stuff. So I don't know what that says about me. I guess because like, yeah, like I said, Ed Gein stuff. I, I'm just gonna keep going between Gein and Gein because I don't know the pronunciation. <laughs> um, it just doesn't look real. I know it's real, but it just is so far beyond like my realm of understanding how how do you spell it because i do kind of want to take a look at these pictures it's g-e-i-n just look okay. up like stuff in ed gein's house um yeah, i can i can Let's send you that. a couple photos on discord that of course are going to go on the <gasps> holy shit i told you they don't look real they, they look like, don't. They look like the they don't look real. Like the face lamp. The, Holy the fuck. lamp. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. That looks a hundred percent like the Necronomicon. These are real. Yeah, they're real. Oh my god! I would if I. Oh, I saw the nipple belt. Yeah. And this, oh god. The that less hurt. disturbing photos are honestly the tongue necklace and the skin gloves. 
but uh, he also just had random and various fucking spine lamp. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! And the legs. Blech. I know. I know. I know. God. It's really gross. That's it's disgusting. How have I not seen this? I know. Where's right? the tongue necklace? I want to see this tongue necklace. That you're... <gasps> I'll send it. Oh my god! I just found another chair. Yeah, there's Holy multiple chairs. Shit. This is like some House of a Thousand Corpses shit. Exactly. I sent you the tongue necklace. <gasps> the shoes! Yeah, he has he had women's shoes made out of the yeah. The boots is <laughs> What do you mean you're talking the tongue one is the worst? To no, me. the tongue one uh, talking about Because it doesn't like actually look like tongues to me. They look like slug like alien slugs. They're so gross. It's disgusting. Also, I didn't realize just how large the human tongue is when it's actually cut yeah. out. Like, it's pretty big. Yeah. What I don't like is... is that it's on someone. <laughs> Why would you wear it? I don't know. It might be a mannequin, but it looks like it's on someone. <laughs> no, that's not a mannequin. That's 100% a person. That's a woman. You can see where the boobs are starting to form. You like, think so? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. <gasps> Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Um, so, uh, Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer confessed to using um, mannequin dummies for sex. And, they, and so experts, quote, unquote, believe that Dahmer's use of sex dolls and his obsession with having complete power over his sexual partners is like a huge part in the necrophilia aspect. He w- he stole a mannequin dummy from a store in Milwaukee and I guess drilled some holes into it and then he, you know, progressed on to living partners. Um, wow. He became frustrated by his lovers moving during sex. So he began drugging and raping their unconscious bodies before he started killing them. Wow. So he would, like, drug people to make, like, men to make sure they wouldn't, because he, uh, his victims were gay men. Um, Right. And then in 1978 is when he started his killing spree. He attempted to create zombie sex slaves by drilling holes in the heads of his unconscious victims, which... Whoa. Yeah, he, like, was convinced that he could, like, drill a part of their brain out and have them still be alive and just have them be, like, zombie sex slaves. It's, like, really fucked up. So a part, Holy shit. So in a really weird way, I almost feel like a part of him wanted them to be alive but, like, unconscious. Or, like, right. but I guess he would get frustrated and just, like, kill them because he wanted complete and total control. So Richardson, Kathleen Richardson from uh, De Montfort University in the UK believes that there's a link between Dahmer's use of his sex dolls and his killing spree. Asked whether using sex dolls could attract psychopaths and potentially turn people into sociopathic killers, she said that she does agree with that because you cannot learn empathy from a doll. It's not a person. It's not a lie. Okay. And the only thing but, going on is what's inside of you. So if that's what you're, like, attracted to and into, it could lead you to want, like, a real person, but for them to be completely unmoving. So that brings me to a video that I witnessed re- recently. I, You know how, like, when you're watching a video on Facebook and then sometimes it'll, like, pull up the next one? Yeah. So the next one for me... 
They weren't connected in the slightest, but it was just, it was a Vice video about this guy who went to, um, yeah, it, it was a Vice video. It was like a guy who went to the first robot sex doll brothel in, I think it was Get Italy. Out. I'm sure yeah. that everyone's like, oh, it's a victimless crime. Yeah. But... Well, and they talk. <laughs> Dude, they talk. You can, like, tell them to be funny and they'll tell you jokes. Do they react they... during sex, though, is what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, they, do like, they just lie they there. Okay, moan. so they, they emulate being alive. Okay. Yeah, they emulate being alive. They also, like, pose you phys- uh, philosophical questions and stuff. Um, but. Because I need intellectual conversation with my sex robot, you know? Right. (laughs) But then you can also just turn off their modes. Like, sometimes you can tell them, like, if you get sick of them, because sometimes they'll get bitchy with you, apparently. But you have to just, like, turn turn off that mode. You're just like, no, I want you to be turned on now. And then they'll be turned on, which I think is just a whole other level of fucked up. You know, yeah, the fact like, that they're like, I can turn this bitchy aspect off about you, which is something yeah, like, that like a lot of men seem to think that they can do. Right. Which is disturbing. Right. Like, just I, I like these parts of you, but I don't like this part. So turn that off and turn yeah. this off. It's like, like, what do men expect when they tell a woman she's being a bitch? Like, for us to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're right. I've learned the error of my ways, and I'll just be kind and fragile from now on. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? When, when in all reality, I would be a bitch. <laughs> Give me He's an act bitch. Like, <laughs> Um, that reminds me of this dude, oh god, this is just funny, and not related to necrophilia, but there is this girl, she, um, she's just a hot girl on Twitter, I think, but she had, like, a really large following, I think, not that that's honestly really relevant, but anyways, she's just really hot online, and this guy sent her an unsolicited dick pic, so she sent his unsolicited dick pic to, um, she found his family and friends online and just sent it to all of them. Good. And he responded and was like, what the fuck? You're a fucking psycho. Like, why would you ruin someone's life like that? And she was like, don't fucking send unsolicited dick Yeah, text, don't dude. just like And he's like, it, he's like, I was drunk and it was basically a joke. Like, it's fucking harmless. Like, you don't have to, you can't, you have no right to ruin someone's life. Like, I can't look anyone in my family in the face anymore. And she's like, well, good. If you don't <laughs> feel comfortable sending that to your family, you shouldn't send it to me if you don't know me. Like, that's... That's kind of where I stand on that. That reminds me of when um, years ago, uh, Jessica Negri posted that, uh, so she used to get, like, rape threats and just really gross stuff, right? Yeah. And so she did a similar thing where she would track down to see if the guy who was sending her a message had a girlfriend. And if they Mm -hmm. did, she would just screenshot the messages and be like, this is what your boyfriend is sending other women. And then um, if they didn't have a girlfriend, she'd find their mom online and send it yeah. to them and be like, by the way, this is your son. That's, what the fuck? Yeah, just PSA. <laughs> you know, like, if you are unsure on if you should send a dick pic or not, number one, if it's not asked for, don't send it. Number one, if you're unsure, don't send it. Yeah, exactly. Or like, say, hey, I think you hot. Like an Do you want to see request? my dick? Like, you can say, do you want to see my dick? And I can politely be like, no, I don't. No, thank you. Thank you for asking, but no thanks. (laughs) But Uh, never just send it. It's not, okay, it's not 
cute. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it is. I don't know what it is. Have you ever received a dick pic, unsolicited dick pic online? Me? Yeah, have you ever gotten one? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I haven't. I've only received videos, and I don't know why. Videos? That's worse. I know. I have only ever received videos from random ass people, and I'm like, That's like, Wait, did that happen, like, a couple years ago? Yeah, like, two years ago. Yeah, no, not even. And it was like, what the fuck? Actually, no, it was last year. You're right, because it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was last St. Year. Patrick's Day, right? Yeah, it was just a full-fledged fucking video of this dude, and I'm like, what? Yeah, you were why? just like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> First of all, it was directly to my phone number, which freaked me out. He lied about where he got the number from, because where he said he got it from is not anywhere where my number would be. Right. But he was, like, some rando from L.A., and I was like, how do you have this number? Like, also, you know who I am and who you're texting. Like, that's freaking me out. Yeah, that's creep town. I was like, you're, like, what the fuck? And obviously, I blocked the number, but it was just, like, mm-hmm. but it was a fucking video yep. of, like, just him swinging it around. Like, it was literally <laughs> it. Like, he wasn't masturbating or anything, just swinging it around. And I was like, why would anyone want this? I I don't get and it. And that's the thing that's fucked up is they know you don't want it. When they send it. I don't think they do. I think a I lot think of they're them so do proud know. of it. They think that everyone see it. Um, I think I think it's part bad. of that. I think it's part of that mentality of like pissing people off is funny. I don't know? know. I think I think there's literally guys out there who are so delusional that are just like, well, I love my dick, so obviously she would love it too if she saw it. You know. Like, I genuinely believe that there's people out there who think that way. Back when I actually used to use Snapchat, there was this, like, random person. He also, you know, would send videos. And what I would do is I would just, like, delete them and ignore them. But on his end, it would say I was looking at them. And I would never respond. And I thought that if I just ignored him, he'd go away. And what was hilarious about this dude is he made it, like, a production. Like, (laughs) he had, like, a buildup. (laughs) <laughs> to the dick video no. like he would like start off being fully dressed holding like a guitar and like being like oh yeah I'm cool guy with guitar and then he'd be shirtless with the guitar and then he would just be in boxers with the guitar and then it would just be the guitar and then and then he would send like really gross videos and I'd be like ew 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 ew, ew I don't want to see this Yikes. but because I like didn't say anything or tell him off he thought I was, like, into it, and he was just like, oh, I see you're looking at my videos, and I'm just like, no, I'm deleting them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just getting rid of this shit. And then I just straight up, you know, blocked him, because <laughs> for a while I didn't know how to do that on Snapchat. I was like, how do I block people? <laughs> yeah. I really just thought he'd go away, and then okay. it'd be like every once in a while he'd send it to me, and I'm just like, why, dude? Why? The worst part was, it's like, uh, 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 just, whatever. Just don't do that, guys. Just don't fucking do it. Like, we don't want yeah, it. Yeah, just don't. Nobody wants it. Unless, unless we tell it's you, asked for. Unless we tell you you want it, don't fucking do it. That's really what it comes down to. And if you do get to piss people off, well, you can just fuck right off. Yeah, just, just go away. <laughs> oh, 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 I did want to touch back on the Jeffrey Dahmer sex doll thing really quick. Okay. So, uh, back when I said that you can't learn empathy from a doll... 
She also added that empathy is about thinking and feeling and about what someone else is experiencing. And if you're having sex with a doll, then you don't have to think or feel what it's experiencing. And uh, Jeffrey Dahmer admitted that he viewed his quote-unquote lovers as objects. And he said, I trained myself to view people as objects of pleasure instead of people. So Mm. there's like a whole training part of like getting your brain to think a certain way of if it doesn't already naturally feel that way. Shesh Glav said that using sex dolls could result in um, psychopathic disorders. And he said that sex with a robot is just a fake imitation and it can lead to psychopathic disorders and isolation. And that um, the non-human interaction fails to bring the emotions that shape and bring sense to our life because emotion is such a huge part of sex. Right. You know, and like knowing what the other person's thinking and feeling, like it's like an enormous part. So when you take all of that away, like what do you have? Mm-hmm. It's just the physical. And the reason why I don't associate it with masturbation is because like, you're pretending like this is a full person and you're like getting used to the fact that this person is unconscious, dead, not moving an object versus someone who moves and thinks and feels and is warm. Cause I'm I'm sure like her sex is even warm. I don't know. Uh, It's hard to know anymore. I'm sure there's some that have heat in them that they have like a thingy you turn on. I'm sure at this point like there's so much shit that goes into them. Very intricate. I just didn't I didn't think about it until I saw the whole like uh, subclass of necrophiliacs of cold versus warm. I just didn't think about it. In my mind all necrophiliacs want a cold body but some of them apparently want that fresh just killed warm still warm well see that's always what i thought i always thought it was like necrophilia and or side by side because it was necrophilia i'm sorry you cut out necrophilia and murder yeah yeah like you you know you want a warm body and so you have to kill it and then immediately have sex with it you know yeah that's how i always saw it I don't know, man. I always saw it as, like, a creep who goes to the morgue and buys a body to, like, sleep with. That's how mm-hmm. I always viewed it, as, like, always being cold. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Again, it also makes me think of the Santa Clarita diet, where he's like, are you gonna fuck it? The, the <laughs> what? The Santa Clarita diet, where he's oh, like, yeah. I want to buy that body from you. And he's like, are you gonna fuck it? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's really no other way to explain it. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, uh, well, I mean, he could just say he's going to eat it. Yeah, well, I feel like they would be less comfortable with that somehow. Why? Why is that less comfortable? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Is, it shouldn't be. I just don't understand how eating a dead body is less comfortable than fucking it. When cannibalism is resorted, when people are deserted and starving. Yeah. I feel like cannibalism, as I know, well, horrific as it is, more is a little you're bit paying more money natural. For it, it's different. Murder. I don't know, man. This is a fucked There's up episode. There's really no way around it. This is a fucked up episode. You know, thick thighs save lives. Thick thighs save lives. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. Oh. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and um, I guess we'll try to get Kelly a proper mic for next week, and um, I 
I've heard that apparently we're in an official 14-day lockdown. Oh, really? And that the only places open are assen- places that sell essential items. Well, the liquor stores are open. <laughs> Those are marked as essential. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Because if you, if, honestly, though, if you got rid of alcohol right now, shit would go nuts. Oh, yeah. Shit would just hit the fan. People would not be chill in the slightest. It's getting to the point to where, like, I wanted to make eggs today, and Zach was like, we only have so many eggs, we need to save them. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, fuck that. Me, we bought 60 eggs. <laughs> You can't even see my face, but, like, I feel like you felt the expression that my face had. Yeah. <laughs> I, somewhere, Zach is just like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise him. He's just like, who needs all these eggs? Well, you know what? I love I love eggs, too. <laughs> eggs are the best. That's all I need during a fucking quarantine. All right. Well, um, thanks again for joining us, and um, stay safe and keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash court on the macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.